Welcome, it is time for Peer Pressure. My guests, plural this week, is every member of the Violators. Violators, an old New Jersey original punk band. There's a few replacements now, and you'll hear them all talk about the good old days and what's ahead. Thanks to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast and to Liz Berg for all the other podcast duties. We are WFMU. Stay tuned. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. 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 <laughs> um, I'd like you guys to scoot up to the microphone because we're going to get a crazy echo if um, if you're just Scooting. sort of... Sorry, it's not it's not a lounge thing. Um, so welcome. Oh, thanks for having us. And uh, so the we need to get a little bit of background for you guys. Okay. Um, I know you're playing at Bowery Electric on Friday, and it's been a long time coming. It sure has. There's no good reason for it now, but uh, we really... Well, good. That answers one of my <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, we just want something to do. We need something to do, and we figured... Uh, Bowery Electric's a good place to do it. And, but in terms of, you quote, uh, you need something to do, you had to put the band back together, you had to... It was Jim, he talked me into it. I didn't even want to do uh, it. Well, so Jim, <laughs> yeah. Jim, Jim, Jim is the, uh, is the original bass player in the band, mm -hmm. and, uh, and you seem to be sort of the, uh, the, the cataloger or the, uh, the, the, the online voice, a little bit of the violators. Yeah, yeah. And uh, can you can you tell me about about you know I mean, w what year did the band technically break up in? About eighty three, I would think. Right. So so it's been thirty years since the breakup of the band, but you have an online, you know, presence. You you wrote a, you've got some things. You have the account sort of written, and um and why why go there now? Yeah, why, Jim? Why? <laughs> I, I, well, you know, <laughs> I think there's some unle uh, unfinished business, more oh, okay. or less. That's the way I always looked at it. Mm -hmm. uh, How so? You know, promising band that kind of self-destructed. Ended prematurely. Ended prematurely, yes. yes. You and can say self-destructed. It's probably a more interesting thing because then I get to say, how did you self-destruct, Jim? Go on, uh, say, Jim. <laughs> well, you know, just the pressures of trying to trying to make it in the in the band industry or music industry at the time, you know. And a lot of drugs too. There you go. Did you really think you could make it at that time? Because that was such an early edge in terms of what was going on in punk, right? Well, we we were offered a contract by Stiff Records. Okay. I mean, that was a done deal if we wanted it. If you took the drugs out of the equation, it probably would have been uh, a lot. And then there was the A&M incident. And, uh, well, well, first, we need to get some of the details on the Stiff Records thing. Because you're giving, you're giving me a lot of juice here. And, that's, and that is why you're here. Well... The problem with Stiff at the time was they were kind of trying to s sign up as many bands as they could because they were they were kind of going under, which they did mm -hmm. about a year later or so. And then there was uh, Warner Brothers offered us a contract, but it was more like a, 
sign us up for $5,000 and put us on a shelf. So we didn't take that. And then there was also the A&M yeah. incident. Which yeah, they came down to Max's Kansas City to see us. And, you know, they liked it. But afterwards they came, you know, backstage and we were all, you know, doing drugs and everything. And they, you know, they asked if, you know, are you going to be around in two weeks, you guys? You know, okay. so they oh. walked out. Which oh. I don't blame them. So they, they saw your... Uh, Extracurricular your activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they pretty much saw what was happening. And, uh, and, and what was your attitude about that when that happened? Oh, uh, when that happened, I was like, you know, <laughs> get the hell out. Somebody else will sign us. Who needs you? But, yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> it, you know, in my right mind. I'm still not in my well, right you, mind. I was going to say, <laughs> well, you were in the <laughs> mind that you were... You were in the mind that you were in at the time. But, and it was know, right for the time. It just... Uh, it wasn't right at all, but <laughs> I thought it was right. <laughs> you know, I was a little delusional. But... All that is behind me. Yes. Well, I'm water here. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, so, you know? And you are here to tell the story. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, um, exactly. So, so I do want to just go around because I believe the whole band is here, right? So um, yes. please introduce yourselves and whoever's not close to the microphone, just scoot up to one when you say who you are. Okay. And, and um, well, I'm and Stephen Hador and I play lead guitar. I'm Kevin Jelson and I sing for the band. I'm replacing Mickey Swindle. Alrighty. And I'm Tommy Norton, and I'm replacing my brother on bass, Jim Revenge. <laughs> and I'm Gary Taylor, and I'm playing drums. Wow. And I'm Jim, and I'm the guitar player as well now. <laughs> the new guys are from L.A. Mm -hmm. Oh, from England, but we live in L.A. Right, right, right. Well, two of the guys are from <laughs> England. And they're in a really good band called Drag Strip, which... Mm -hmm. You have one of the tracks yes, there. Yes, when we get to the play playlist, we really, absolutely. Really good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Jim told me about him, you know, and he was, he, he kept calling me and asking me to play, you know, and I said, I'm not playing. I don't feel like playing. You know, so finally I did, and I saw, you know, how good these guys were, and it sounded really good. Mm -hmm. So I changed my mind. So you were the last one to come on board, and Jim had put the a new version of the band together? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. And I said, all right, I'll try it. You know, if it sounds good, I'll, I'll do it. And it did sound good. I was really surprised. And I'm having a good time. We're going to have fun tomorrow night. All right. I'll yeah, one, one of wow. our members. Wow. That is really awesome. cool. The uh, 45, the original 45 signed by someone. Do you, do you recognize the phone number? Uh, no. I don't know who signed it, but it's not me. So, so for people in Radioland, oh. I um I just I I have the Violators 45, yeah. and I brought it out, and it's signed by somebody with a phone number, and it looks like it says Violators in New York City, like like maybe telling me about a show. Let's call the number. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, it's funny. Have you ever called the <laughs> number? You never called it. I don't remember. I think I probably did. Let's call it now. Because I got that. I was given that at Aldo's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In Lynnhurst. In Lynnhurst. Yeah. Yeah. yeah burned down, yeah. right? Yeah. Did uh, it burn down? Yeah, I think it did back okay. in the day, from what I remember. Be hilarious, like a Twilight Zone episode, if you actually call that number now and somebody <laughs> 30 years ago answers hello. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's the same. <laughs> I've been waiting for your call. Yeah. It's cool though. So that's. I think that's Rich's handwriting. Ah. Uh, Speaking of Rich. Hey, Rich, you. 
Yes. Yes, we need to speak about speak Rich. Of Rich. Uh, speak of Rich. Rich is the drummer. Uh, he was planning on being here, but he has some medical issues. Oh, okay. And uh, that's why we we brought Gary was so gracious to play play for us with us. Uh, Rich is having uh, he's battling some issues w- with his health, and uh, hopefully he'll be there tomorrow night. And Rich was one of the founding members, or probably the main instigator of the whole band. I mean, and lyricist, right? Yes, lyricist, lyricist and yeah. and songwriter, and I mean, yeah. So hopefully he'll be there, the t- be there, be uh, there tomorrow night. Yeah, we're. I hope he's feeling well. Yes. And then, um, Tommy, you said that you're here replacing your brother. Yeah, this guy's, uh, he plays a lot of guitar, too, and he felt uh, more comfortable. He wanted to step out and play guitar, so he asked me if I'd play bass, because uh, playing the bass in a punk rock band is a lot of eighth notes, and it requires a really ridiculous, yeah, I have like a Popeye right arm now. So I'm not. I'm actually. I'm not following who it is that you're replacing, though. I'm replacing him. My, well, my, Jim my brother Jim. The, Jim, Jim used brother. to play the bass, but oh, now okay. he feels he wants to play the guitar for some reason. Sorry, I have why. two different last names <laughs> for you, Google. fellas. So I. I didn't. Mine. I didn't follow that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, no. He's, uh, we're different, he, he has a different mother. Yeah, it's, and he's got a different father. So, it's, but we grew up together. We're. The <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's so all he good. He wants to play the guitar now, but. We're going to turn his guitar down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Um, so, then in terms of what was going on at the time, aside from the fake signings or the deci- deciding to not be signed, right. just the scene itself, do you, do you have a, a story like, a you know, well, we played Max's. Was Max's... What was it like to it play Max's? Like if you just walk, great. if you just walked through it, I, we it. played Max's eight times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scene was great. You know, it was a lot of clubs, you know, around, and there was a lot of bands, and you know, everybody was pretty friendly. You know, it was a really like a you know, electric time. You know. Was Max's um, equipped with gear? Were you bringing all your own nah. stuff in? Yeah, we brought you know our own amps mm-hmm. in, and, you, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. But you just felt like when you saw Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers there, you know, standing in the audience, you knew you were at the center of the universe mm-hmm. at that moment. You know it, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because I can remember thinking it, you know, saying, <laughs> "I can't believe I'm here, where I'm supposed to be, where everybody in the world's supposed to be, but they're not here. I am." <laughs> and it, it, that was great. It was a million clubs, and there was, you know, the Dead Boys, and you know, everybody. Did, didn't Johnny Thunders play with you guys? If you tell yeah, you know, yeah. he did. He came up on stage and played with the Violators, mm-hmm. and you know, I was you know pretty good friends with him. I mean, he slept you know he slept over my house in Patterson, New Jersey. Now, he was a good guy. He was a really nice he guy. Was a great guy. Did he did he live at your house? No, no, he slept over one night though because he was a little too high to get home but he was a really <laughs> but he came normal, out to patterson new jersey yeah you know he was a really normal guy you know like when i met him he gave me his phone number the first time i met him and mm-hmm. uh you know it was at a gig a violators gig you know after i came off stage he was standing there and i saw johnny thunders and i was just like oh my god look at that my, my idol you know i love him and uh i talked to him he was a really normal nice guy and uh we became 
how, you know, like we began a friendship that, you know, went on for a long time. You know, he used to call me on the phone, like, just getting a call from Johnny Thunders on your phone. Yeah. At home, uh, which is like the yeah, wall you know, phone. I loved him. He was a great guy, a normal dude. You know, he didn't act like, oh, I'm Johnny Thunders, you know, mm-hmm. the king of New York. Were you, were, you, um, were you living alone at the time? I was living with my girlfriend. Okay. Because I was just imagining <laughs> yeah, at that yeah. period of time, I was still at home with my parents. And I'm oh, just, no, no. I'm just, imagining, my girlfriend. I'm just imagining the physicality of Johnny Thunders calling you at home. And I'm like, in that year, oh, like, no. like I'm like taking the kitchen wall phone and walking around. <laughs> and <laughs> being like, like, oh, oh, no, right, yeah, yes. yeah, with the big curly cord. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, I answered the phone, you know, and it was like, I, Johnny who? You know, I couldn't <laughs> believe it was Johnny Thunders on it. You know, that was like the first time he called me. Did you ever talk music or wa- or, or oh, yeah. talk about oh, yeah. writing anything with him? Yeah, or? yeah. Uh, he was looking for a guitar player to do something, I don't know, to go to Sweden with or something. And I was supposed to go to a practice. Of course, I got arrested. Oh. <laughs> uh, and As you do. As you he do. was calling my house and stuff, my girlfriend. But, you know, I was a little incapacitated for a few days, and I, I was into that. But, you know, I used to get arrested every, you know, three months. So <laughs> did, you know, so. did, um, so there's a lot of things that you're telling me that could have happened. Yeah, that could have happened. But, you know, because I wasn't straight and doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, that's the way it usually is. You mess things up. Mm-hmm. And do you have any thoughts about that now? Yeah, I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, not, absolutely. But, you know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm straight now. I've been straight for 20 years. And, uh, you know, I'm having a much better time now. And so y- when you came in here, you handed me a CD. Right. Is that a commercially available CD? Uh, no, but okay. they will be available at the show, though. Okay. And, and tell me what's on the CD. There's four songs on the CD. Uh, the songs that are on the uh, 45 are on there, and two unreleased songs. Okay. So I why don't I just played one of them? Yes. Oh yes, you did play. I uh, just played one of the unreleased songs. Get out of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's and then, what's on there. Right. So New York Ripper in my country, which is the seven-inch that was. Oh, you've got and and so you've reproduced the um, the label. Right, right. On Almost exactly. Day. And you got the other songs on here, and it looks very genuine. Oh, yeah. Like well, the new track thing. Yeah, so, I, know, I try. And uh, syringe songs. Yes, that's part of the old uh, days. <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, that was the label. I thought that was yeah, very yeah. bold. To, yes, uh, but I, I kept it on there just for uh, nostalgia's sake. Mm-hmm. And yeah. was, that, was that a – how many releases were out on syringe songs? Just uh, – Really, just this 45. We mm-hmm. never released those other two songs. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the band's, you know, name of a label, and you just put out your own record. Right, right. So right. what was that like for you at that time? Because that was really just, a, as much as you say, and you know, and I'll, and I mean, now we can laugh at sort of like the failures and the right. and the unchosen opportunities. However, you you put out your own record, and I know from my own experience, I mean, that's actually a lot of work. Right, but like, that was the way everybody did it at the time. It was like you know, the, you know, do it yourself. I mean, we had one, the Blessed had their own. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did. You, you but guys a lot of much invented DIY. Yeah, <laughs> well, we that's, were at that's you know what in I'm the beginning to. of it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, that's what everybody did back then. And then you went to Bleecker Bob's and you went to Ah. all the other stores. And, uh, 
you gave them 25 records, you know, they bought them off you and they sold them and then you went back the next week and you kept, you know, until you ran out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you did. You know, you went everywhere and you, you know, you sold your own records, you know, and that's what they did back then. I don't know if they still do that now, who knows. I think they put, it, totally they put it in the cloud now. Yeah, but it's come totally full circle now, the whole music industry. Sorry, it's come totally full circle now. I mean, because now new bands do the whole DIY thing and think that they are, they're inventing it. And when it was well, actually you guys back then. You yeah. Know. But I, I do just want to point to that that really is very early, you know, and you guys were one of the first ones, especially in this area, because yeah. you kind of predated. I mean, you know, um, to me, it's like... Um, Sorry, I need to look at the, the songs. Like, like my country is is like an oi hit, right? Uh, Except that it was released in New Jersey in 1980. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, we recorded it in like 79. I think right. it was like the end of 79. No, it, was, it was the beginning of 80. It was in the beginning of 80. I stand corrected. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but even though, so, so yeah, I we just, you know. You what? We were playing it in 79. Oh, okay. And then it got recorded. Yeah, well, yeah. There, there's always that, that yeah, we gap. We were one of the first to uh, make our own record, but, you know, we weren't the first ones, though. It was a bunch of people yeah. doing well, it back considering then. Considering you didn't, I mean, you know, it's funny, though, because you did manage to put out your own record, your own 45, and I'm, I don't even know if it if it's, like, rare. Does it go for, like, tons of money on eBay and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. How much have you seen it for? Well, I've sold a bunch myself, I must <laughs> say. <laughs> but, you know, it goes Your for like $200 oh, up to, uh, you know, $800 if you have the spray paint sleeve on oh, it, like right. the one uh -huh. on that CD there. How many were pressed originally? 500. 500. So how many did you actually get out there at the time? A lot. I wish I had a lot more so I could put them on eBay. But <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I only had four, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, we sold most of them at, you know, the record stores. So but, at the know, time, I, you did yeah. sell them then? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for two bucks. Right, sure. <laughs> the stores bought them for a, a dollar. Right. And yeah. they would sell them for two. And, and that's what they went for, two bucks. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, I wish I had a case of them. <clears throat> they were playing them in uh, the Bay Area, too, Maximum Rock oh, yeah. and Roll. We were, like, number... Uh, first time we hit their chart, we were like number two or three. Yeah, Bomp was distributing them out in California too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they, you know, they sold out pretty quickly, and uh, we didn't have the cash to make more because we were yeah. spending it all on drugs. So <laughs> and, and Jello, Jello wanted wanted a couple copies. I think they were gonna. He was thinking about it for alternative tentacles. Mm -hmm. It was kind of cool. And that's yeah. that. Indeed. <laughs> and so, and now you're back, and now it's 2013. Yes. And yes. and and how long is your set? I don't want to just spoil it. Uh, I don't know, like we 45 minutes or something like okay. that. It's not real it's long. Okay. So, and, and are you writing new music? Well, we can at a drop of a hat, actually. Well, and but you have a gig tomorrow, so yeah. I'm guessing you're not going to write something today for tomorrow. No. So, no. so what? No, so it was hard enough to to remember the original yeah. the original songs. Some of those mm -hmm. songs seem new to me because I forgot. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so, to me, I am playing new music. <laughs> but uh, it's a we're open <laughs> to the possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. We'll see how go it goes. Direction exactly. So everything that you're playing tomorrow is all throwback stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, well, you are here to be guest DJs. And um, I'll show you your playlist here. Okay. 
What, what do you want to um? What do you want to start off with? Do we have any of the smithereens on there? No, I didn't put any smithereens on there. I couldn't think of it. I'm uh. Let's start off with a, another New Jersey band, Electric Frankenstein, who's a real good band, and they're friends of mine too. Alrighty. So. And the song is Annie's Grave. It's about uh, a place in Totowa. Heart, oh, Heartbeat right. Road, that's what it's about. We are New Jersey. Yes, Very and good. it's a great song, and it's a great band, Electric Frankenstein. Okie doke, so my guests, my, my guests are The Violators. Their first song in their peer pressure set is Annie's Grave by Electric Frankenstein. We're WFMU, stay tuned. <laughs>
And we have returned. My guests. Guests. I have to get used to uh, saying the plural bit there. Are the... That's not right. The violators. Sorry. Too many things to do. The computer, etc. So, um, we just heard a set of music. Please um, tell me about why you played what you played. That last one, uh, Degeneration, waiting for the next big parade. Yeah, because Degeneration is a great band, and that's a great song. Uh, yes, Howie, they are. Howie Pyro was in uh, Degeneration. He's a friend of mine. I, mm -hmm. I just saw him, I don't know, two days ago. He had an event at the, the uh, Bowery Electric. What was that event? Uh, there was a bunch of old, like, flyers from bands. You know, he collects all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was displaying them. They were really cool to see. And I played his band. And Were there musical guests at the, the Bowery Le or was it well, just Well, L.A. Guns was playing downstairs, but it uh, wasn't a part of that event. Though. Oh, so he had an exhibit upstairs. Yeah, upstairs. Got yeah. it. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. cool. And then we heard uh, Electric Frankenstein. The Smithereens in between the two. And the Smithereens. You know, an old friend of the band. We used to do a lot of gigs with the Smithereens early on. That sounds so odd. Yeah, it does because sound odd. I mean, in terms of, you know, genre and, right. and what you think of when you think of the Smithereens. But we're very friendly with them, and they're very nice guys. Mm -hmm. And we just got along well. You know, Pat's a great guy. And we just, you know... Used to book a lot of gigs, you mm -hmm. know, together. Yeah, uh, Mike Misaro is the original bass player for the Smithereens. He used to be in a band with Rich, our drummer. And then what uh, was the band? Uh, Paradox. Mm-hmm. And also Bobby Steele was in that band as well. Bobby Steele was in Paradox. Yes. Oh, cool. And then Bobby left to join the Misfits, mm -hmm. and that kind of broke up the band. And then uh, Mike went and started playing with the smithereens and rich formed the violators uh -huh. kind of a little interesting history mm -hmm. there. and then you guys um were you at sort of at the same the same level in terms of just getting your music out there and yeah when the smithereens first started playing uh we kind of piggybacked off each other you know we would get a show and we tell the the club owner, hey, you know, we know this great band called the Smithereens, you know. We, we really want them to play with us. And they, w you know, the club owners would say, okay, and vice versa with the Smithereens. It was, it was really nice because <clears throat> both bands were totally different. So it wasn't like you were getting hammered with the same kind of music all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, w we loved the Smithereens back in the day. I mean, they were, they were a great band. I mean, and... They still are. It yeah, they are. And it proved out, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and then at that time, were you really bringing in two different sets of fans because yes, your music we were. was different? You were. So that w that actually really worked well for you then. Yeah, well, it was cool. Were there clubs that you got into because of the smithereens that you normally may might not have been able to get booked at, do you think? Uh, well, I think maybe one club or so. I know that they tried to get us into either Kenny's Castaways or one of the clubs that they were playing in and the the owner came and it was just like you know they're a good band but uh they're too they're too volatile for me to put them in my my club cuz you mm -hmm. know I like my gear yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry boys you're just too darn loud 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't that we were loud. I mean, we, you know, we were. We were loud, down. We still are. Yeah, we were literally <laughs> juvenile <laughs> delinquent, so that mm-hmm. was part of the problem. And you, you know. had developed a reputation. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I mean, sometimes you know, it's like your own dirty secret, and then sometimes it's like everybody knows. Everybody knew they were trying to keep the riffraff out. Yeah. <laughs> Even if the riffraff is an entire band. <laughs> I mean, well, exactly. you know, case in point, you know, the one gig at Max's that we did, uh, I think it was when we played with uh, Legionnaire's Disease. I mean, our fans literally took all the furniture at Max's and put it in a pile, and they, sh- they shut the show down and said, you know, you guys can't do it if, if you know, everyone put the tables back. <laughs> And said, okay, we won't do it again. And then we play halfway into the next song or second song after they let us start playing again. There, there was the big pile of that furniture. That was pretty common at Max's, though, at that time. It, you know, because it, no, they did have happens. the seats all the way up to the stage. Yeah, yeah so you know, they would turn them over or move them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But and, and that so that was the act though of your fans. That right. wasn't actually what you were doing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But then you know there we was we would egg them on though. Yeah, we would. We would. And sometimes... Oh, well, now the truth comes out. You know, in some of the live recordings that we're listening to now, sometimes, you know, the guitar will drop out or the bass will drop out or the singer will drop out, and it's probably because of uh, audience participation, let's say, mm-hmm. of, you know, just oh, okay. getting getting mm-hmm. into, you know, that, I mean, you know, I guess that was, you know, in L.A. that was happening a lot, but... In New York, it didn't happen too long. You were an opportunity-seeking band. Yes. Moment by moment by moment. Exactly. Didn't matter if you were on stage. No, I mean, like if something happened, you just, you know. I'll be back in a minute. Took care of business. Whatever whatever that business might be. I mm-hmm. mean, your girlfriend or wants, you know, mm-hmm. something or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then starting off that set was uh, Annie's Grave by Electric Frankenstein, which we did sort of mention. <coughs> ahead of time. So, um, do you have any any stories or any real memories of you know whether it's playing at Max's or just something from that time that could not have could not happen now? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, whether it's in memories. music, I, b- I barely have any memories at all. Jim probably remembers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. There was probably uh, probably a lot of stuff that you know. I don't frequent the clubs anymore, so I don't know what goes on. So I really I really can't say. But so I, I don't think there's as many clubs as there were back then. I mean, there was Botany, One Under, Club X, A Seven, A and Seventh was a great place. We used to play there a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Max's, CB's. There was, oh, I, I got there was so many clubs. You got a memory? Yeah. Hit it. Jim used to wear a really nice dress back then, <laughs> which, which, which you can definitely not get into anymore. <laughs> no, I can't. You're talking about that picture from Two Tone in the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jim in a dress. Yeah. 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 Where is that picture? We need that picture. No, yeah. It's really, online. We should have brought that it. picture. No, yeah. I didn't see it. I, I actually did snag I a believe. couple pictures. Yeah, no, that was cool. If you go and Google and put in Jim Revenge, yeah, you two. can find it online. <laughs> really, you can find it on my Facebook page. As a matter, <laughs> actually, you know, I looked at your Facebook page. I stole a couple things from it. I got, I've got the uh, the A7 flyer up. Okay. And then the okay. photo that Rich Campbell. Um, yeah, that's what it's there for to steal because I steal exactly. from everybody. Well, it's up yeah, on the it's up on the playlist now. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And. Um, 
did you want to um, give away a pair of tickets to the show tomorrow? Absolutely. We can do that. Definitely. And um, so when we break for our next set of music, and I, I do want you to tell me what you want to get to next, um, the number here is 201-200-9368. Who else is on the, um, the bill tomorrow? Uh, Outer National mm -hmm. and uh, the Sharp Boys or something like that. They, there was another band, but it got changed. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's see if the, uh, you can hear me typing. Let's see what we got going on here. For tomorrow. It was Dead Tricks we were supposed to play, but I think they're going to do the Joey Ramone benefit. So yeah. now they got... Uh, Outer National is playing. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, and the Sharp Lads. The Sharp oh, Lads, that's right, yeah. the Sharp Lads. Both, both of those bands actually sound really good. So it's, I think it's going to be a great show. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and you know what I want to do, um, because I... I, I didn't have to, but I started off my show today with a long <coughs> Slayer set because the guitar player from Slayer right. just died. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, so I, I only got to play one song. So I think I'd like to play New York Ripper, and then we'll go into some of, um, some of your playlist also. Okay, sounds How good. That? All right. So um, what about New York Ripper? Tell me about the song, how it was written, okay. what's the story behind it. Well, that's really like a, a New York Post headline back in... You know, the day. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the best headlines to post. <laughs> right. <laughs> they still do. Yeah. I know, I know. They're very, I, you know, and uh, there was some guy running around killing girls, and, you know, that was like the headline, the New York Ripper. Yeah, there were girls were being found dismembered in dumpsters. Mm -hmm. So that's where yeah, the uh, inspiration <laughs> for that song came from. Yeah, well, we were delinquents. Yeah, yeah. From the New York Post. Right. All right. So, um... My guests are the Violators from New Jersey, and uh, it sounds so funny to say from New Jersey, but you were far ahead of the uh, the OI, the OI Violators. Hey, there's nothing wrong with New Jersey. New Jersey's all no, right. No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I got, you know, in the house here, WFMU. Okay. And uh, we're going to play New York Ripper, which is really their, their single um, from, what year did it come out? 1980. 1980. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs>
And we have returned. My special guests today are the Violators. And so what's the deal with um, this drag strip song? Hey, what's the deal with that drag strip well, song? Well, I, I believe <laughs> that some of the members, I'll tell you, Steve. So some <laughs> of the people in this room are members of drag strip also. And uh, so I want to know the connection and how that happened and how, how recent is this yeah, well, song? They're helping us out well, with this, this gig. Go ahead. Well, this Gary. this this uh, is Gary. Yeah, Ga- this is the first time Gary has spoken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, drag strips, my bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the the whole concept with drag drag strip that album we did about a year ago, mm-hmm. but it was very much like it's seventies hard rock, you know, the, where it came from. Mm-hmm. So when the Violators came along and asked us, they were like, "Well, you know, you know, is it going to be that 
but we just have such a long history of playing punk rock and playing, you know, mixing the two things together. So it was just a natural thing for us to do when Jim asked us and Steve asked us to do it, you know, as well as Tommy obviously being Jim's brother, you know. Um, but we just, it was essential for us once originally it was Kevin, then it was Tommy and then I came in. And so that's how it ended up being drag strip. It wasn't really planned, you know www.dragstripband.com www.dragstripband.com All right. Good, good. That's all right. That's all right. The song was actually about Marley, my mom. About what? His mother. About my mom. Oh, oh. Thanks for the memories. Oh. I see. So then how did the two groups of you meet? It was Jim's fault. Jim, yeah, through yeah. Jim, yeah. I will actually. I, I have a funny story about this. Please. Uh, this is Tommy. I used to uh, uh, be in my bedroom, uh, and it'd be Keep a it summer clean. night. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I was like literally eight years old or seven years old, and I'd I'd open the window and stick my head out and listen to these guys rehearse because mm-hmm. they'd be rehearsing in the garage next to the house, and so it's yeah. I've, I've been a huge fan ever since, so I'm very pleased to be here. And a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys that they that we were talking about earlier, I played with a lot of the guys from the New York scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with a band called Shotgun Rationale with Sonny Vincent. Oh, wow. And we did like, you know, Cheetah Chrome played on records, Richard Hell, mm-hmm. Mo Tucker, mm-hmm. Bob Stinson, wow. Greg Norton from Huskadoo. Mm-hmm. So I have a long history of the whole, where the violators come from musically, you know? Right. Um, so it was also very natural for me to come on board when they asked me to, you know? Mm-hmm. And and what are, what other bands have you played in? Gary? With well, with Shotgun Rationale was we did about five albums here in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a band called Tank with Algie Ward. From oh the my dam. God, you were in Tank? Yes, I was. Oh yeah. my God! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I was a drummer in Tank. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm I am completely losing my mind right here. <laughs> oh oh, are you kidding? No, no, it's totally for real. Oh. We've had to hear about this for twenty years. Oh. <laughs> Tank is like the best metal band ever, oh, ever, <laughs> absolutely ever. You just made Gary's oh. day. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. I can't. Ah. <laughs> I think she's having spasms. Oh. Wow, I can't. Yeah. Tank is. I mean, it, it, oh, you got to come to this show, then. Oh yeah. Come on. You, you know, you know. When I was talking to Steve about bringing these guys in, I said, "Look, I'm bringing in some ringers from L.A." <laughs> y- you're not kidding. Oh, yeah. So, Tank. So, my experience of Tank uh-huh. is that Tank was really, you know, kind of like a Motorhead kind of band, like with the well, punk and with and with the metal, well, uh, but way serious because Algie Ward right. is in the band. Well, we actually taught, we actually I played in New York. Well, we actually played CB. We actually played CBGBs here with Tank. Yeah, I saw. I saw. And we did I Studio Tank. 54 here too. I, I, and I saw those shows. I had my well, Tank I was, T-shirt. I was the drummer there. Oh my God! <laughs> but the, <laughs> the thing is, though, we always had a punk crossover because of our Absolutely. Team. So yeah. it was, you know, even though Tank were like Motorhead, really, we had the same record yeah. company, the same manager, mm-hmm. the same everything. Yeah. So yeah. Was, yeah. This means war. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. god. I'm completely like, you know, <laughs> really. Re- oh, wow. That's it. I'm getting mad. Now, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to the violators. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you were not two words. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It, it, but it, that's so great. 
right. so great. I just had to answer. Has anybody else? Have you guys been in any other bands that I need to freak out about? I played with important people, too. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. This is what I want to hear yeah, about this you. This is Tommy. I was in a band with Corey yep. Clark from Warrior Soul called Space Age Playboys. Oh, I know that name. And he played, and he played on the last Warrior Soul album. Oh, okay. Very Soul good. Record. And what the forgetting to mention is actually we Gary, <laughs> Tommy, and myself, Kevin, mm -hmm. were in a punk band called The Dead Birds. And that's yeah. how we all got to know each other. That's true. Oh, okay. Well, that, that and that's the important stuff. That's, you know, the, the whole stream of, you know, connecting and all that. And that's why we're all here now. Yes, Tommy, speak. www.deadbirds.com. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Dead Birds website? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and, um, and the Facebook page for the Violators, is that the only thing that's out there? Well, we have a website. www.violators.com. Uh, uh, U.S. I think. Oh, oh no. let me check. I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> He's pissed off as a tiny. <laughs> That's break. it. I'm mad. <laughs> oh, you're right. No. No. And I never saw this. Um, okay, cool. Violators.us. It's a site that was started but never finished. Well, you don't finish yeah. sites. Yeah. You yeah. just yeah. update them. Oh, right. Yeah, the Facebook page ones. is really the the main violator site. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a lot of great pictures on on here. Wow, cool. Is the address on that? But none with me an address, because I put that I don't see any address pictures. Now, that's on the Facebook violators page has him with the dress. Oh, I looked on your If it doesn't, it will later. I got to look at that Facebook page. I'm just looking at the comments board, and there's all these tank comments now. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, but it was a great radio moment. <laughs> <laughs> that was really <laughs> wow. And uh, so, um, um, are you going to be bringing anybody out, like a sp any special performance or special appearances on stage, anything like that? Well, are any? we? We've invited some people, but oh, we've invited some people, but we're not sure if they're going to show up or not. Okay, it's and heavily rumored. Heavily yes. rumored. So, so it, is, it is the place to be. Um, and I do want to mention that, um, that Rich Wretch did, did call in. He can't be here, but he did, uh, he did call in and wanted to be part of, part of the hoopla as well. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, let's see. So, so um, before Drag Strip, was there anything else that we wanted to talk about that? The, the drag strip song. Or do you want to get back right back to Tank? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you want to give me a hard time? I got all the buttons here. <laughs> you know, I'll just sit there and be me and Gary just talking. But, you know, I, I really liked Algie Ward as a bass player. I mean, he was in The Saints, and then he was in The, the Damned. Damned. Yeah, yeah, of course. His work in The Saints was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about, like, influence, because you were a bass player in The Violators. Who were you listening to? Bass player-wise, I was listening to... Uh, my favorite back in those days would be uh, Dee Dee mm -hmm. and also uh, Ron Ashton. I thought he mm. was probably the greatest, personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Steve, anybody for you guitar-wise? Sure. Uh, Johnny Thunders, of course, and uh, the New York Dolls. Not just because Johnny Thunders stayed over your house. No. Of course not. Nah, you know, Johnny Thunders is a great guitar player. Mm -hmm. And uh, now all the old blues stuff I like. That's basically it. When did you first pick up the guitar? At 12. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. And and what was going on at 12? Like, what were you copying at that point? At 12, I you know, I, I had a Mel Bay, uh, you know, guitar book, and I was learning <laughs> how to play uh, Cantown Races and stuff. Nice. But 
you know, eventually I got into Led Zeppelin, and uh, you know, Leonard I started to read like a guitar player magazine and mm -hmm. see who these, you know, my idols were influenced by, and I bought the old blues stuff, you oh. know, and I learned how to play that, and uh, that led to other things. And now leading up to, to you know, the show tomorrow and, right. the, and the reunion and all that, was there a gap where you were not playing music at all? Well, I've always been playing the guitar, you know, in my room, <laughs> but that's about it. But, you know, I haven't played with a band in, uh, in 20 years. Cool. So this is going to be really exciting for you guys. Oh, yeah. Nice. You know, I do a couple things, you know, here and there. Tommy K from Clifton, uh, me and him were jamming for a while. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Spiky from Chaos from US Chaos, but you know I haven't played out mm -hmm. anywhere. But you never dropped the guitar. No. Cool. And Kevin, any uh, any influence for you know anybody you modeled yourself after in terms of being a vocalist? Uh oh, he's taking. Well, oh, look at that. I'm I'm looking at a tattoo. It doesn't really translate over radio. Can you just sort of Sorry. explain that? It's oh, he's Mark got a Mark Bolan tattoo. He's my god. He's my guru. Wow. I grew up with all the English glam stuff. So it mm -hmm. was T-Rex, David Bowie, The Sweet, Slade, mm. Gary Glitter, even though we don't like to mention him anymore. <laughs> but that was my influence, yeah. I loved uh -huh. all the early glam stuff. And then that moved into the punk stuff. So that mm -hmm. was like the Pistols, The Clash. Stiff little fingers, penetration, X-ray mm. specs. Mm -hmm. And and uh, up to what age did you live in England, or up to what year did you live in England? <coughs> well, I'm 29 now, so I've mm -hmm. been here 23 <laughs> years. Uh -huh. So I left England when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all you're getting. <laughs> I was going to ask you about shows, about what bands did you get to see? Oh, back in the day, never got to see Mark Boland. Mm. Mud, sweet. Gary Glitter, wow. Alvin Stardust was one of the first. Wow. But I actually, funnily enough, went to see Motorhead when I was a little younger than now. And the bill was Motorhead, Triumph, Trust, and Tank. Nice. So years before I ever met Gary, I actually saw him on stage. Foreshadowing, <laughs> foreshadowing. That's what awesome. does that mean? Foreshadowing, it's like... Yeah. It's amazing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It's one one big circle. It really is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you saw Sweet. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. that's cool. One of the greatest bands of all time. <laughs> the Sweet. Absolutely. One. What did you say, Jim? One of the greatest bands of all time. Oh yeah. No, I ne that's a band I never got to see. So Tommy. Yes. Influences. The Violators, www.violators.us.com. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, all the same. Next. Uh, huge uh, Johnny Thunders fan, Cheetah Chrome guy. Uh, my brother turned me on to music from the time I was walking. Uh, it was, this is Black Sabbath, boy. <laughs> this <laughs> is the job. Dead Boys. Come on, you know. Uh, so, yeah, all the same stuff. But. Was there any particular guitar style or anybody? Like when you started playing... What were you, you know, because it's hard to recreate things like, you know, oh, I'm going to pick up a guitar and I want to play like Tony Iommi, not, yeah. you know, so what do you like, what's anything rudimentary or anything, you know, I, 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 I Randy Rhodes until I got to be about 23 broke my hand and then just went totally thunders from there on out. Mm. So, yeah. mm. Neat. And then Gary, for you, any uh, drum? Uh, well, obviously John Barnum. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, pretty much, I was more from the classic rock, you know, Who, Zeppelin, 
you know, Deep Purple, Thin Lizzy. You those, know, a lot. Those of, are all my favorite drummers right, right. there. Well, those are yeah. my favorite drummers: Jim, John Bonham, Ian Pace. You mm-hmm. know, so that's pretty much where I was. You know, where I come from as far mm-hmm. as influence goes. Yeah. And the, and then uh, so we're talking about. So, uh, and how long did you stay in England for? Oh, I was in England. I've been in America about twenty-five years, but I was in England. Up, oh, I don't know, till like eighty-eight. Okay. Probably. Yeah. And um, so, what was your like? Did you see Led Zeppelin? Yes. There. I and, saw and Led Zeppelin's last gig at Nebworth, right before oh, John Bonham died. Wow. Yeah. I was wow. actually there, and I saw the Who with Keith Moon, which is, you know, pretty amazing. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but more from that old school style of of big rock, you mm-hmm. know, which is where drag trick comes, influence comes from. Mm-hmm. Is there any, like, um, do you put your kit together mimicking any of no, those No, actually, things my or? kit's very punk rock, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of, as I've gotten older, the, the less I have to carry around, the better. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I've got a vintage Ludwig kit, but I that's literally just play bass drum and floor and snare. No toms. No toms. One cymbal, and that's it. One cymbal? Yeah. Hi-hat? Well, well, hi-hat and one oh, crash okay. cymbal. Okay, okay. Um, but just more You can say it all I like it more that. rock and roll. It's more basic. Yeah. You know. What was your kit? Sorry, guys. What was your kit in tank? It was a it, it was a double bass drum Yamaha. Kit. Okay, yeah, I could, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got it. But I've moved away from the carrying all that shit around, mm-hmm. all that stuff around. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and uh, and then and and Jim, for uh, who were you picking out as a as an influence for bass? Well, back in the day, you know, uh, Dee Dee Ramone. He was easy to to learn how to play. I mean, when I when I joined the Violators, I. Literally was the first time I had to learn a song from beginning to end. <clears throat> I mean, I've been noodling around since I was a little kid, but I never had the patience to learn a song. So, but the Violators, you know, I would make up my own stuff, but you know, but when I got the Violators, I had to learn how to play to get the bass. Well, and sometimes it takes the experience of getting into a band to exactly. actually be able to sort of hold it together. And, exactly. And, and what was it like? I mean, you know, you guys sort of started off by telling me all about this, you know. The crazy dispositions of all you guys. So, what was rehearsal like? You know, I mean, how? A lot of fun. <laughs> uh, you know, that's 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 a good did, question. Did you get down to business, or or, or we it was we, pretty serious? It was it or not, mm-hmm. but we never rehearsed. I mean, but when we rehearsed, it was really intense. So it was an event. Yes, I mean, when we did the forty-five, we probably had three gigs, three to f- five gigs under our belt, and probably about the same amount of rehearsals. And we no. went in and did that forty the the recordings, yeah. So it was interesting. I mean, we were all super intense and very focused. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it just know. depended on what, right? And we, you know, we didn't. <coughs> How do I say this? We, you know, if you couldn't play, you, you know, you were chastised. If you couldn't sing, you couldn't play right. You were chastised, and you know. And if you couldn't, I mean, the next time that you played either out or rehearsed, if you couldn't hang, you were gone. Mm-hmm. I would, that it's was not like we didn't care, you know, how the stuff sounded. It wasn't exactly. that punk rock where, you know, we just didn't care. We actually knew how to play our instruments. And, uh, you well, know, I was dead serious about it myself. Well, and that is sort of the and fallacy I still about, like, the <laughs> yes, whole. Yes, That's sort of the fallacy <laughs> about the punk scene. People, oh, people couldn't uh, yeah, play. It's like, well, people might not have been able to play to begin with. And you know, and that made it comfortable to form bands. But but then people really did want to say something and did you know? I mean, 
got better and got better, and that sort of yeah, wasn't... Yeah, a lot of guys really did know how to play. It's just, you know, that's all the media nonsense. But, you know, you know, the guys that didn't know how to play, you know, like, they're not around anymore, really, you know, but... Oh, and Steve, it's yes. time for your bumper. My bumper? Sticker. No. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this is Steve Hadorn from The Violators, and you're listening to WFMU. And that is uh, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in Rockland County at 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org. Bingo. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> so in that set before before Drag Strip, we heard from the Woggles. Yes. Why was Woggles in your list? Great band. I just way. like them. They're really raw and, uh, you know, they sound like the old kinks. Mm -hmm. They're good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, previous to that, the New York Dolls, a bad girl. Wow. What can you say about the dolls? I'd like you to say something about the dolls. Well, <laughs> that version that you played, that was, I don't know what that was. That was like a Mercer Street session uh, version, maybe. It wasn't the studio version, but, you know, the dolls are just, I think the dolls are the best band ever, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, how and I put the dolls. And is that in, like, the whole package? In the is whole that world. because of, you know... <laughs> The, I mean, obviously because of Thunders, but... but No, it's not just Thunders. It's right. the whole thing, the whole attitude, the music, the, what the songs are about. It's just, it wraps up everything in a bow for me. And it mm -hmm. did from the first time I heard it. Mm. And it still does today. The dolls mm. are it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So, um, shall we get into the next set of music? Yes. What would you like to play? Let's go with the stimulators, Loud Fast Rules on WFMU. Great, great band, great band. And I do have to mention that um, Denise and Nick of the Stimulators are going to be my guests on the 23rd. Cool. Cool. Yes. Very cool. Right, Harley, yes, great band. Patrick. Yeah, I remember Harley when he was 12. Yeah. yeah. He was playing the drums. <laughs> exactly. All righty, so... Um, my guests are the stimulators. No, not the stimulators, <laughs> the violators. We're going Almost. to play the stimulators. I'm, I'm getting ready for two weeks My from now. My guest is Tank. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the violators have the, the musical reins today. We're going to hear some stimulators next, and please stay tuned. <laughs>
Okay, so let's talk about uh, that set. I'm here with the Violators, who are playing at the Bowery Electric tomorrow, along with Outer National and the Sharp Lads. And uh, Ramones, okay, I know that nothing needs to be said. However, 
I'd like you to say why you chose that song. Why'd I choose that song? There are five people in this room besides <laughs> myself. <laughs> I just like the song. It's about sniffing glue. It's about having something to do. It's so, as simple as that. I'm so very simple-minded. I'm a very simple man. That's a, uh, a walk down memory lane? Yes. Is that the uh, sniffing yes, glue part? exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's saucy. And, and what else do we play? The, uh, the Dead Boys. Ah, the Dead oh. Boys. Our man Cheetah. Yes. Cheetah Chrome Steve Baders. It's just a nice raw song. Mm -hmm. Something to wake you up in the afternoon. Did were you guys ever on Bills with the Dead Boys? Yes, we were uh, well we were with Cheetah Chrome when he left the Dead Boys. We played oh, with him. And his I don't remember what the name of the band was. Oh the I, yeah, I don't know either. It's casualties? Not sure. Yeah. But he's a good guy, like yeah, him. He's Cheetah a nice was a guy. great guy. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Cheetah's still doing plenty of things. He's got that uh uh, what is it? He's got a band with Sylvain. Bat Usus. Oh, Bat yeah. Batusis. The Batusis. Yeah. yeah. I actually and have a credit on that record. Thank you very you much. Do. I do. You do. What, what is the credit for, Tommy? I'd rather not say. <laughs> Why did you bring it up? Oh. Because yeah, they mentioned it. it. Oh. oh. Spit it out. No, I just have it. it they, they thanked me on that record. Oh, okay. Well, did you can make up something. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay, so Just it, it was 4 o'clock in the morning and they needed a guitar at the studio, so I went on SIR and got a guitar. Nice. Okay. All right. Very, very helpful. <laughs> and Cheetah is a, is a friend of WFMU. He's been on here a couple times. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Yes. And, um, then we heard the Stimulators, Loud Fast Rules. Uh, the Stimulators, we did some early gigs when we first came to New York, like when we first uh, formed. We did some gigs with the Stimulators, and we remained friends with Harley. He used to DJ at a lot of our gigs, you know. And I just liked the Stimulators. You know, they were always great. Yeah, yeah. Club X, the Club X days, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in there too, you had uh, Wayne County and the Electric Shares. Love Wayne. I uh, was, you know, friends with Wayne back in the, you know, the old days. I mm -hmm. used to go see him all the time and. Did you go to the Max's reunion last year? No, I didn't last go. May? Yeah. No. Yeah, Wayne, Jane played. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was actually really, really awesome. We actually were invited to play there, but we couldn't at the Max's reunion. Mm-hmm. We were? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you couldn't. You said you didn't want to do it. Yeah, well, I probably said no. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I have business, I have business uh, oh, obligations, okay. so there's no way I could do it. All right. And um, so that, um, and that was pretty much the Wayne County was mostly the Max's scene. Yes. Yeah. No, pretty much. That's where I saw Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. There most was most of the time back then. Yeah, back in the day, there was like Max's bands and CB's bands. Yeah, yeah there were. That's what. Right. That's what I was sort of getting towards, because. Cause, uh, yeah. And I don't really know why, but there were bands who really just played at CB's and really bands that just played at Max's. I think it had to do with the people that were booking the gigs back in the day. Mm -hmm. There was some gal that was booking the gigs for CB's, and I, I forgot. She had a boyfriend, and their band would play there all the time. And then we had Peter at, at Max's, and, mm -hmm. you know, we he apparently he liked us and... I don't know. Whenever we played at CB's, you know, we couldn't get anybody to go down there for some reason. But when we played at Max's, the place would be packed. So we didn't play at CB's that much. Well, it might have had to do with the, the bathroom situation. There. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody wanted to go down there at that point. Oh, at, at in the CB's bathroom. Well, not for us. Yeah. Anyway. But I could imagine that the bathroom wasn't as bad as it 
really got to be. I mean, it was, was real. It was really bad. It was it. really bad. But I mean, but I do remember. I mean, I remember. I remember CDs in the seventies, right? And you could still see those the big, the big, pe- you know, the big posters on the walls uh-huh. of the, the uh-huh. cowboy and all that other stuff. And eventually, like everything just got covered in you know yeah, graffiti right. and stickers and all that. And <coughs> really, and, right? And yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Well, but it's just, but well, it's just a span of time, and and yeah. it's an active club. So, and yeah. I know the condition of the bathroom, yeah. but I don't really remember it. I remember that there were doors in the seventies, you know, which is, uh, yeah, no, no, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, nah. that's a it's the a whole place smelled like a bathroom in yeah, the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess I don't fully remember that. And I guess I'm just wondering at one point, you know where you drew the line and said, oh, I'm going to CB's. I better go to the bathroom now. (laughs) (laughs) I got a big splinter in my foot at CB's one time on stage. Why were you not wearing shoes? Did you not wear shoes? Yeah, I had Converse on with a hole in the bottom. I didn't have any socks on. And I was in a, bam, a big splinter in my foot. was like, what a joke that was. What a <laughs> Made me feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I'm just, you know, Max's may have had more built-in audience, too. I mean, it could have had the upstairs and the downstairs and that kind of thing. So maybe yeah. people would just sort of could show be. up. And, and I know as a kid, I heard of Max's before I heard of CB's. And I went to Max's absolutely not knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. And just to show up because... It's cool. Let's go to this cool place called Max's Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. You know, so I think that it had a little bit more of that. So, But uh, everybody uh, went to A and 7th, though, and, they, you know. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know why, but we couldn't really draw anybody at CB's. I don't really, I can't explain it. I don't I know. Don't think so we, we just stopped playing there. We, we didn't play there enough. I mean, you know, yeah. it was really hard to get in a gig there for us, so we didn't really play there. But Peter would always, i call him and he said, okay. Here you got you got this date and that was it you know it was it was yeah but A seven yeah that was a cool club the A7. yeah I like that well and place. how was so when you talk about the booking there how was the booking at A seven well the <coughs> was it like I, a show up booking or was it actually no no <coughs> no and the guy that was uh, doing the bookings <coughs> there manager he actually you know he would ask me well. You know, uh, I got this band from D.C. coming up. Are there any, are they any good? I go, what's their name? Like, well, Minor Threat. They want to be on your, they want to be on your bill. I said, yeah, fine. I mean, there was a lot of bands that were like that back back then. Mm-hmm. Pure then, Hell. We used to play with Pure Hell a lot. They were yeah, nice shout guys. out to Lenny and Pure Hell. Yeah. Yeah. They were good guys. I mm-hmm. like those, uh, and the guys from the Bad Brains too. Yep. Mm-hmm. We actually back in the day, uh, the other guitar player, Steve and I. We're working with Lenny, the bass player from uh, Pure Hell. We were kind of flirting with a band, and that band eventually turned into uh, Butch Lust and the Hypocrites. Oh, okay. And actually, Screaming Mad Georgia, the... Mad. The Mad. We wanted him to be the singer, but he wound up playing the bass. And uh, and then Steve and I were out of the picture at that at that point, but that's kind of how that whole band started. It was pretty, it was a lot of fun. Lenny, t- you know, Lenny is an amazing human being. He was an absolute uh, gem of a person. Yeah. And the whole band, uh, whole band were way ahead of their time. I heard some stuff that they did when they were trying to get re-signed, and it was revolutionary. I mean, it, those guys were 10, 15 years ahead of their time with the new stuff that they were putting out. And it's a shame that no one's ever heard it, really heard it, because it's extraordinarily good stuff. Mm-hmm. Amazing. 
Yeah, Pure Hell played on FMU like a, probably two years ago, maybe. They were up here, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah great good guys. Great guys. Great yeah. guitar player, great bass player. And they're kind of centered in Philly now, right? Yeah, I they're think. back down in Philly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. And any any other recollections or any other bands that you were on bills with that were either unusual or just, you know? Well, think at the moment. Who well, there was Legionnaire's oh. Disease. Which yeah, they were pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about them because they were a band that was really sort of... And they were nuts. Yeah, yeah. the singer apparently had a prosthetic leg and <coughs> he'd get out in the middle of the the tables at Max's and he'd pull off his leg and start swinging it around and hopping <laughs> on one leg. Oh. I mean, they were, and they were great. <laughs> they, were, they were a great band. They were. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of output from them. No, but, no. Uh, but but still unusual for a Texas band to get up here. And uh, and the, too. the other Steve, the other guitar player, he actually played with them, I think, one show hmm. while they were in New York. They tried to, they tried to steal him from us, but they were <laughs> unsuccessful. <laughs> What's the furthest away that the Violators ever played? Boy, I don't think we made it out of New Jersey or New York. I mean. Nope. New Jersey and New York. I think we had a we had a show down. What was that club down by Philly? City Gardens. City Gardens in Trenton. Yeah, mm -hmm. before it was before it was City Gardens. Too far away. We were gonna <laughs> play, but then the the club shut down, and then it turned into City Gardens. So we never did play down there. Mm -hmm. We had some shows lined up in Frisco, but we never played them. We were supposed to play with Flipper. Well. And what happened? Uh, some people could not leave the New York area. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Going after their parole officers. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Or other stuff. I catch your drift. Mm hmm. And um, you so. Got a lot to answer, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. Uh, uh, we're all to blame. Well, we're not here to just point fingers at Steve. I mean, actually, no. you know. Yes, they are. And you're still here. I, exactly. I do yes, understand. a lot of my friends are not here. Yeah, and I and did want to just, just ask you about the people who had been in the band who may or may not be around. Where are they? Well, Mike, the lead singer, unfortunately, he died from uh, drug-related causes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much, you know. And then who's going to be singing now? That would be Kevin. That right, would of course. Sorry. <laughs> and then the uh, others... The other Steve, Steve uh, uh, Dordich, uh, I think he, from what I hear through the grapevine, uh, I spoke to him about two years ago or so, or it might have been longer than that, but he had some serious health issues, so mm -hmm. he's kind of, uh, you know, taking it easy. Mm -hmm. Well, so it's great that you guys are doing what you're doing, and it's, you know... Yeah, it's it going to be fun. It's a large block of time since that first 7-inch came out, and... Playing at the Bowery Electric tomorrow—that's, you know, really ex it, it is exciting. And just it is. in terms of you know, people who just sit in the like, oh well, I did this and I did that. But it's really cool for you to to choose to just get back together. And you're like, we don't know why we did it, yeah. and we don't even know just who's going to come. Just for fun. That's the best reason to do it. Yeah, and, uh, for fun. I guarantee yeah. it is going to be fun. Yeah. Well, that's and that's that's the whole thing. And I love the spirit of fun. And you guys have been a lot of fun being here. And um, and I had a lot of fun. Being here, <laughs> 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 and, you know, and the, and the music is it's it's not secondary, but you've created a, a connection here with it, and um, 
it's it's super. I'm glad that you guys are here. What's your um, what's the next thing that we're gonna hear from the Violators guest set? Let's see. Let's peruse the guest set. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna go with Iggy Pop, Search and Destroy. All right. I'm WFMU. Very good. Now <laughs> I'm liking I'm the way you say. Yeah, you certainly are. All right. All right. Stay upstairs. tuned. Some Search and Destroy. Johnny Thunders there, Iggy and the Stooges. I know why you played them all, and uh, it's obvious. Well, well, and the first time, well, you know, it. I mean, technically, yeah, it's obvious. Um, and there's listeners that might be a different age group. Like, what what was it like for you the first time you heard Search and Destroy? Was it a, was it a life changing piece of music? It was really. The first Dolls album was a life-changing experience. When you hear it, mm -hmm. I don't know, just something just went off in my head and said, this is rock and roll. This is what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. I've been searching for it all, you know, mm -hmm. through all these other bands. But this, I think, this is the path I need to go down. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the center of the universe thing at Max's. Right. And, you know, when you hear those roar raw chords getting slammed out and it just does something to you you know like mm -hmm. i was you know trying to be like every other guitar player you know playing as many notes as i could and trying to you know and then i came to a realization that if it doesn't come out of me naturally i shouldn't be playing it <laughs> <laughs> if i have to study something for a month to no <laughs> if it doesn't just flow out of me then i shouldn't be playing it and that's the way i went with my guitar playing from then on in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. up to this day now, now for me raw power that's probably my desert island album if oh, wow. i can only have one album that would be it it has everything on it. it has every song that you can imagine is on that but explain how you explained it to me when i was a little kid well how was that when i was a little kid james said well first he hands me the record and i saw iggy pop and i said i want to be that <laughs> he's wearing the LeMay silver LeMay pants and he's skinny with his silver hair but now James he said Norton listen to this record if you listen to nothing but this record for a week and then you go listen to anything else it all sounds wrong <laughs> yes, yes. That's great. And, and my story about the dolls is my older brother was putting a band together 
And the bass player in his band loved the Dolls. And then I started listening to it, and I was like, Jet Boy, I was like, wow, that's a cool song. And I was starting to like him. It freaked my older brother out because, you know, you look at the dolls, they're, you know, look doing the drag queens or they're gay, whatever. You know, we're talking about 14-year-old kids here. And he was immediately, you're not allowed to listen to that. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. but I, but when I heard it, I, I liked it. And the more I heard it, the more I loved it. And then in the future when we got, when I got into Violators, uh, I actually got into the dolls via the So Alone album. And mm-hmm. also the Heartbreakers live at Max's, si- Max's Kansas City, and then I went out and bought the the two Dolls albums. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and it's a it's a different period of time then, and that's why I wanted to know about your recollections then, especially when the music is coming out, because it's different to sort of hear things, you know, after hearing whatever music, you know, has gone by, and like, oh, you have to listen to New York Dolls, and if you turn somebody onto the New York Dolls today, they would have a different reaction than yes. in hearing them in real time with, you know, w- all that's in the background is like classic Definitely. rock or, you know, whatever. Right. And, and those are the experiences that really make us and really sort of, you know, have us point to something that's important to us. And I, and I don't want that to be lost because, you know, you're like, oh, well, yeah, of course, everybody liked that song. And, and there's a reason and, and there's a certain, you know, rawness or whatever it is for you and for you right. and for you, and, right. you know, in that music. But it was a different time. Right. But I have a 24-year-old son, mm-hmm. Damien, mm-hmm. and he loves the dolls. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's organic when you hear it. If you're into music, he has a band, the Coffin Stuffers, and uh, he plays the guitar. Mm-hmm. And... As soon as he heard the dolls, he fell in love with them as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. and all of these, you know, Iggy Pop and... Does he ask you for stories, like, about mm. being there Now the I'm old, you know. He, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but who else is he going to get a story so, you know, He from. looks at me like... Eh. Well, there is a thing where kids don't He's think their parents than me. are cool. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, it's just... It's an organic thing. When you hear them, you have to like them, or else there's something wrong. There's <laughs> something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, w- it was a great period of time, and yes, I want to thank was. you for coming here to talk about that. And then now you're playing tomorrow at the Bowery Electric. Yes. And so come uh, down. You're going to have a good time. And I had a great time here today, Diane. Well, great. Th- yeah, thanks for coming. Yes. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, the Sharp Lads and Outer National will be opening the show. Um, you said you're probably going to be going on around 930. Mm-hmm. I think the um, the address of Bowery Electric is 327 Bowery, and you yes, can it find is. it. Um, in New York, and uh, I have the, I see the website guy's <laughs> posture is ready. Tommy's like ready. It's like www.violators.us and www.dragstripband.com. And I did want to just ask because we didn't sort of complete the the cycle of what's what's going on with Dragstrip. We're just finishing a new record. We're, well, we're starting a new record, which mm-hmm. will, we're actually going to start probably within the next month or so. Okay. We've been writing for the last year, me and Tommy and mm-hmm. Kevin, and we're just we're just gearing up, ready to start, and that's basically the story. You know? So you guys are busy. So you're doing this. Yeah. And then you're, you're going to just crack the whip and get that done. Yeah. Awesome. It's a labor of love, so mm-hmm. all music, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I just came back from LA. I went out there to to hang with these guys and and rehearse. It was a lot of fun. I, it's really nice in LA. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a lot different than here. I, and uh, you know, these are a great bunch of guys. They treated me really good. They introduced me to all their friends out there. It was fun. 
I can tell you are a great bunch of guys, and thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you very thank much. You very so much. Thanks for having us. So we're <laughs> going to go out with um, <clears throat> My Country, which is the, uh, is that, that's the B-side, right? Yes. Of, uh, of, of, quote, the 45, Jim, Gary, Tommy, Kevin, and Steven. Thank you very much for being here. Cheers. And uh, some violators. And that wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast and to Liz Berg for all the other background work. We are WFMU.